1: Clock on Wes and Walker, Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. A big shout to Jason. Not the same Jason that won tickets yesterday, but a different Jason that won ACC championship tickets. We will be giving out more championship tickets later on in the show. So you still got to keep listening. We will be doing that you know later there's on. There's more than
2: one Jason in the
1: world, right? I know there's more, more than one Jason, but no. you can imagine... Maybe a little bit of a coincidence <laughs> that somebody calls in by the same name and wins tickets each time. It's fair to ask. I just didn't know if the, I don't want some Jason out here just playing us like that. <laughs> if we have another caller right in or, or actually get these tickets, and it's yet again Jason. Yeah. Are you going to start questioning it then? No. Three. <laughs> <there's just> so <laughs> yeah, many. I would. Do you think there are more Jasons in the world than any other first name? No, but I'm sure it's a lot of them. There's a lot of Jasons out yeah, there. A lot of yeah. No Jason J- Voorhees. Of course. Is that one of your guys, too?
2: No, no. I've never seen any of the Friday the 13th. I just said that because I knew you would say that. Well, thank you for saying <laughs> that. Do we know each other too well yeah, now? Yeah, it's yeah, happening. Yeah, we're I'm we're not, not even doing well, this show. Well, with Petty, Smart in. Alex, and, and...
1: That's how we roll. Yeah. That's the Wes and Walker show. Right. And again, there, there's so many different Twitter bios we could put there right. on... What's our Twitter handle again? Wes
2: A-N-D Walker. Yeah. Follow us, y'all. When we... We gotta come up with something we're gonna do like for five hundred, one 000. We're gonna we're gonna keep cooking on that. Y'all can send in ideas too and tell us what you wanna see if we get to 500, 1, 000, 2, 000, five hundred, <laughs> one thousand, two thousand, five thousand total followers. Just think of
1: something better than Doug Branson because that guy has no shame and yeah. he just puts me in the weirdest costumes and has me do the weirdest things. So as long as we can look I don't even know if we're gonna look cool doing it. Doug did say one time that if we got to, like, one of these benchmarks, I think 5,000 YouTube subscribers on Lockdown Hornets, that he would dress as Grandmama. And he would do the whole pearls. Oh, that'd be dope. It would be pretty funny. Now, he would just do it.
2: My son son loves the Grandmama commercial. I showed him all of
1: them. He loves them. Yeah, they're fantastic. So, you can text in 704. 570-9610 to the Garage Door Guru text line. I did want to read some of these texts before we move on to some other topics planned for the show today and discuss whether there is a path for the Carolina Panthers. Naylor wrote in, Carolina Clemson was last week when I was advertising the tickets, saying (laughs) Clemson Carolina this weekend. Yeah, You know, look, I like the text, even
2: if I very much so disagree with it. I only call them South Carolina. They're not USC. USC is out in LA. Yeah, that's what I'm sorry. Carolina or the Tar Heels. I'm sorry to Naylor.
1: I'm sorry to Stanford P. I just USC is Southern California and Carolina is North Carolina.
2: South Carolina.
1: But it's a great win. I mean, I'm happy for Shane Beamer and company. It's no shade. It's just they just don't have those titles right now that's just not what I can put them to I also want to go back to the conversation we were having on the big purchases you would make Mm -hmm. if you got a huge contract Playing in the NFL, playing in a professional.
2: we doing radio when we get a huge contract.
1: Right. Well, and I know you just got this big, huge amount of money, so I can't wait to see you drive in the neon <laughs> Lamborghini when you pull up to the building here. Yeah. As soon as that happens, now it's more than me. I, I'm not going to be able to afford that. But when we talk about that, I'm going to be really impressed. Somebody else wrote in: Fiddy is going to be Hugh Hefner 2.0 oh, after getting no, the bag. No
2: question about it.
1: <laughs> I, this is what I was trying to launch a little bit, um, a little bit ago, though. Like, I do feel like Fiddy is definitely a silk robe wearing type of guy. I imagine you buying a silk robe and just wearing it all the time, especially if you were rich. I don't think you'd ever take that thing off.
0: Yeah, no. See, here's the thing. We can get really personal here because (laughs) silk robes kind of make you feel like you're wearing absolutely nothing, right?
1: Okay, I'm a little scared, but yes, go on.
0: Well, that's how I sleep anyway. So uh, it would just go. be, you know, how I sleep for <laughs> eight hours at night while I'm walking around my <laughs> mansion that, you know, like th- that would be my thing. When I, I used to work in construction, I, I I wired, you know, custom housing. I've seen beautiful houses. That'd be the thing I'd go the most all out on. I would have the most elaborate house. Of all time,
1: mm-hmm. um, I, I bet you would have the most elaborate house, and I bet you would be wearing a robe in every single one of those rooms. Yeah. Maybe now I'm a little worried you just wouldn't wear anything at all with that kind of money. You would just be peel invite I don't us care. over.
2: Yeah, yeah, talking to us, hanging out, cooking, and hey, all look, that Wes, stuff. You,
0: you used, used to be in NFL locker rooms. You've been around right. other naked guys. Just,
2: yeah. Hey, Fiddy is selling it. Yeah. Like he's saying, "Hey, now come on, step yeah. over." Yeah, we sitting there and like, d- Fiddy, you gonna put something on, or yeah. uh, oh, what? what are we
1: doing? Oh, what? You're uncomfortable? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it doesn't matter to me. He's yeah. gonna be he's gonna be sitting with his legs like not even crossed, just basically all out there. Hey, hey what's my up,
0: captain guys? Captain Morgan stance. Hey, right. yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, beautiful say, he's going to open up the blinds with the light shining right, in, right. and then he's just going to, hey, you guys want to watch some Carolina football? <laughs> Let's go. i got some combos and some Mountain Dew in the fridge. <laughs> 704-570-9610. I want you guys to describe what Fitty would be like if Fiddy had a billion dollars. 704-570-9610. Now, none of the Carolina Panthers quite are, are making that much money, but we have talked about Derek Brown. He'll mm-hmm. be making a lot of money when his next contract is there same thing with Brian Burns not sure exactly how much but he's going to be paid like a top five edge rusher when it's all said and done they have found uh, foundational players when you look at Carolina right now they're still a quarterback away they still have some weaknesses before you can truly call them playoff contenders as far as going deep into the postseason Mm -hmm. maybe they can win one game because the NFL is crazy like that but you got to get there first This team normally would not be talented enough to reach the playoffs, Wes. But this is not a normal uh, year, and this is not a normal NFC South. Coming off of their bye, Carolina has the third easiest remaining schedule in the entire National Football League. Mm -hmm. So with them having such an easy schedule, with them playing better, with some signs of life on offense when anybody but Baker Mayfield plays quarterback— would you say that there is a path? Can you see a path, no matter how far it is, for Carolina to actually reach the playoffs this year?
2: I mean, there is a path. It's just a matter of the mathematics of games remaining and how many they are back. They're two games back at this moment. And they have a tiebreaker with Tampa Bay because they beat them, but they still have to see Tampa Bay again. So to me, it's as simple as if they can continue to win out because we've seen that Tampa is just a bit – Shaky. Um, You know, right now, after losing to the Browns the way that they did, there's no guarantee with the rest of his schedule. You know, they have to come see my Niners on December 11th, so I'm sure a lot of you Panther fans will be turning into 49er fans that day. They've got a rough schedule uh, as far as, you know, they have New Orleans this weekend, which we know what they've done to Tom Brady in the past. San Francisco, Cincinnati, that's going to be two very difficult games for them. I mean, Arizona could be a pushover, and then you got Carolina. So there's a chance there, but for the Panthers, it's as simple as just they're gonna have to win out. Um, I think. I think that's the only way they get in. They're gonna have to maybe go like
1: what? They got five more games, right? And so if they minimum
2: four and one. Yeah,
1: that's
0: probably well. You don't you don't think seven and ten can get it done?
1: Tampa Bay, I think has. Three more wins. Yeah, Tampa Bay's
2: gonna get some wins.
1: Well, I mean, here's the thing about Tampa Bay, and Mina Kimes is talking about this on NFL Live. That at some point we have to stop giving Tampa Bay excuses because that has been going down this entire year, and and I was doing it as well. I've been right? doing it, for yeah, sure. because. At some point, you expect Tampa Bay to The clip. Brady effect. but look, and I, and I was one that was a fan of Byron Lefwich possibly being a head coach. Now they've had a lot of injuries they've been dealing with at one point at the beginning of the season, they had zero wide receivers. It was Russell Gage as their number one, because Godwin was out because Julio was out because Mike Evans was out offensive line. They lost quite a few dudes. Tom Brady doesn't even look the same and the running game is non-existent. All that being said, play calling has been way less than ideal. And I just talked about all of those problems. Tampa Bay is suffering from but they're losing still a ton of games and guys we have a large sample size it's not like we can't fairly evaluate Tampa and say well they're just not very good but they're gonna figure it out man the only reason that you have faith in them figuring it out is because they have Tom Brady correct if they had another quarterback that was playing like Tom Brady is right now how much confidence would you have in Tampa? It's not context that you can completely avoid because it matters when trying to figure out who is going to make the playoffs from the NFC South. But Tom Brady... I think he's still top five in passing yards, which is actually kind of crazy, but he's still not playing well. I mean, we at least not to the level. The offense is just it's not they' They can't run the ball even exactly. against Cleveland. That's what I'm saying. And, and Cleveland, I, I don't know why I keep going back to Fiddy's quote at the beginning of the year it just made me laugh. But he said, Cleveland's defense is cheeks. Yeah. <laughs> and they are. And Tampa Bay couldn't run the football on them. And so, yeah, like I, I see it, Wes. If you were to ask me to put money down on any of these teams it would still be Tampa because I can't avoid the Tom Brady factor. Correct. It's just not something I can do, but I don't feel great about it. I don't know what to do. If you were to force me to bet on one of these teams.
2: No, I agree with you a hundred percent. But I've done just like you every week. You feel like this is the week they're going to do it, especially after they had to the come back win against the Rams, even though the Rams are cheeks. Uh, you felt like that, <laughs> you know, this is it. This is the awakening. Here comes Tom. And because that's my guy, you know, I keep saying every week, here they come, here they come, here they come. And then, you know, they keep faltering and, uh, you know, they were in control of most of that game against Cleveland and they let it go. They just can't seem to find uh, the right mixture, the right components to get wins right now. So I think this division is going mm-hmm. to go down to the last at least two weeks.
1: Um, some more text coming into the garage door guru text line, 704-570-9610. I asked the listeners to portray and draw a picture of what Fitty would look like as a billionaire. Um, a couple of people have written in on what they would feel like Fitty would be. Somebody said he would be the guy from uh, Boogie Nights walking around lighting firecrackers. So that's somebody. Yeah, I could see you just causing chaos. Um, Joe Gibbs said still womanless, but Ramsey's would be iced out. What does that even mean, though? What? Iced out? Yes. I mean, would now you just of jewelry. yeah? You would just get lots Ramsey of some or something. jewelry. Oh, okay. You no. would just take care of the stuffed animal. You would just do that a little bit more.
0: I think I'm getting a new one today, by the way, because Willie P. Texted oh. me the other day said he has a gift for me and as a surprise. Mm-hmm. And like back, like back when Ramsey first came out, I pleaded with the folks over at Charlotte FC. I wanted a stuffed Sir Minty, and I think he has it for me. He's supposed to be coming by today to drop it off.
1: Oh yeah, I want to see it. I want to be here when he drops off Sir Minty. I don't know why I like Sir Minty a lot. He just he's hilarious to me.
0: Isn't it because he's the soccer version of the Providence Friar where he kind of creeps you out to the point where he's just adorable?
1: No, he is not like the Providence Friar. And you stop that right now. <laughs> there is nothing adorable about that mascot. Sir Minty is like I, I can see him being cute, adorable, whatever term of endearment you want to use. He is not the Providence Friar. I saw him when they had the NCAA tournament, the first round and second round here in Charlotte. That was when, yeah, North Carolina lost to Texas A&M. And I believe they beat Longwood at that time. Please don't play the Michael <laughs> Scott be Don't do it. Don't play Michael Scott soundbite. But they did lose to Texas A&M. And I saw the Providence Friars because they played Texas A&M in the first round, I believe. That was with Robert Williams on that squad too. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, that was the 7-10 matchup. There's not a scarier mascot out there. Is there, is there one that... Compares, I mean, maybe Petey, the Boilermaker from Purdue and football games, he's got the weird <laughs> face. He's kind of weird. But the Friar is number one as far as all time scary mascots, hmm. especially with like the I mean, you got the the different type of paranormal feel to him. I don't know, man. I can't I can't get on board with the Providence Friar.
0: He looks like someone who should be like a villain or like screams helper and, and, and all those scream scary movies back in the day. Like I, if it would show up in there while they're like out there murdering innocent people, <laughs> I would not be surprised.
1: <laughs> um, somebody else wrote in to the garage door guru text line. If Fiddy was a billionaire, uh, I could see him having an enormous kitchen with dirty ice cream bowls all about. Oh. But then again, that's probably how it is right now in a smaller kitchen.
2: <laughs> People
0: whoa, whoa. are Big whoa. shots but yeah, but
1: yeah To your hygiene Fiddy. Is that accurate
0: Yeah Look I, I, I'm i a very neat guy Whenever I'm, I make dinner mm-hmm. Or toaster
1: strudels I make sure to wash my plate <laughs> Toaster strudels Like I,
0: I am not one For <laughs> leaving dirty bowls
1: out you don't even need a plate for toaster strudels, though, right? The on a paper towel. Oh, oh no! Been- when
0: you eat as many as I eat in a sitting, you need a plate. Man, that, did, didn't oh, you? in a sitting, how many do you eat? This morning I had three, and I could have oh. had, I could have had the whole box.
1: That's so many. <laughs> <laughs> how many
2: come in a box? It's six. like holy- yeah, six.
1: <laughs> Are are you just piling up on toaster strudel boxes for the week? Do you buy them like people were buying toilet paper rolls during the pandemic?
0: No, I only buy them when they're on sale. And usually Food Lion has them two for four. I go ahead and get me two boxes. I've been going through my Pop-Tarts and my cereal bars Today I needed a I needed to change it up, so I had a toaster strudels and, and Coke.
1: Yeah, a couple of people have talked about you being Al Bundy in a silk robe. That's by Hoosier Boy, by the way, who I saw Indiana win. I don't know
0: how, to, how I'm supposed to take
1: that. I don't even know either, but I thought it was funny, and so I read it on the air. Sam by the lake said, "Don't forget about the Demon Deacon. You think he's scary, Wes? No. You're Demon Deacon. He's a
2: demon. He's kind of a badass." Yeah. Right, like I kind of I like the Demon Deacon. Yeah, we don't take no myth. Yeah, I know he does. Except for when Sam Hartman throws interceptions, then we take all the 704 (laughs) Seven zero four five seven. I'm looking at a list of scares mascots. So, there's some interesting ones on there? All right, so let let's let's hold that. That is the tease. Okay, (laughs) we're gonna go to break. We're
1: gonna come back. Yeah, we'll talk some Carolina Panthers. We got Brendan Marks joining us, which probably hurts this whole tease thing, but maybe we can talk about it at 145. Brendan Marks of The Athletic. He'll be talking about Duke and North Carolina. And then after that, we'll get to some of the scarier mascots in college athletics. It's all in the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. I hope for all of these freshmen, not just you guys, but anybody is, is patient with them. Because look, Derek and Derek, they miss the most crucial part of any time of the year for freshmen, and that's the preseason. And they miss Derek over a month and Derek almost three months. And so for them, they've been working hard, and it's going to take them some time. And so for Derek, it's only been a few weeks. And I just love the mindset, how he keeps working. I thought the way he fought on defense in the Purdue game, he took a huge step. And then tonight he did the same thing against Key. And then for him, it's just getting comfortable, you know,
3: developing his offensive game.
1: That's new Duke men's basketball coach John Shire talking about some of his younger players. After their victory last night over Ohio State, you can text in, share your thoughts on the college basketball last night on the Garage Door Guru text line 704-570-9610. The conversation did continue during the break about the scariest mascots in all of college athletics. And so I think that's exactly what we should lead off this segment with. As Brendan Marks joins us, he covers North Carolina and Duke basketball for The Athletic. Brendan what is the college athletic uh, or college athletics mascot that scares you the most when you're trying to sleep at night?
3: I, I don't think it's close. And it's one that has sort of haunted my nightmare since I was in college. Uh, and it's the Providence Friar. That dude is freakish. He is frightening. Um, no, thank you. I want no part of
1: it. No, I, I totally agree. I saw him in the NCAA tournament when it w- they were playing the first couple of rounds here in Charlotte and he was walking around I thought he was scary on television, and he is that much more scary in person. I walked away. I went somewhere different. If I was going to the bathroom and he was there, I didn't have to use the bathroom anymore. That's how scary he was. It's Brendan well, maybe Marks. Maybe it on yourself. Yeah, maybe I did. Honestly, I did have to change pants after that. It's Wesson Walker, Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. Uh, Brendan, you are a journalist of the highest integrity. You're a professional, so I'm going to ask you a really thought-out, nuanced question to lead us off here. What the hell am I watching on offense when I watch North Carolina basketball?
3: Yeah, no, that is that is a very nuanced question. Uh, it, it's it's crazy. It's the same question I asked myself. Uh, it's what I was asking myself for for over the course of three days in Portland. Um, and obviously, yeah, I mean, right now North Carolina's offense is 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 just a disaster. I mean, it's uh, just all over the place right now. They don't have any offensive identity and. You know, I think this is the thing that really sort of dawned on me in Portland and has only sort of continued. We obviously saw it against Indiana. Um, I was at Duke last night, but but went back and watched the game this morning. And, like, we have talked so much about newness with this team, and Brady Mannix gone, and Pete Nance is here, and there's freshmen who have come in, and there's more, you know, a bigger role for, for Puff Johnson and DeMarco Dunn. And We talk about all this newness, and the biggest problem with North Carolina right now is the fact that it's quote-unquote three best players Caleb Love, Armando Bacot, and R.J. Davis—guys who, you know, at, at, were as integral as any to North Carolina making the run that it did last spring—they are not playing very well right now. Um, all of them have different issues. All of them have, you know, sort of regressed in key areas, and you know, as a result, you get this sort of herky-jerk, disjointed offense. I mean, last night against Indiana, um, North Carolina had 12 fewer possessions, didn't even average one point per possession shot. You know worse than you know uh worse than twenty eight percent from three shot shot under thirty seven percent from two pointers i mean that's that's unthinkable, especially for a team that's as experienced as this is so um, there are a lot of different things that are going wrong with North Carolina, but you put them all together and, and you get the product that you see right now.
2: Well, Brendan, another guy that they add to that mix as far as being one of those veteran leaders is Leaky Black. He goes 30 minutes last night, zero points on the night. And we talked about this yesterday. Just how is Carolina just resigned to the fact that they get whatever they get from Leaky and whatever offensive production they get is just a bonus because it just blows my mind how a guy can be at a place for so long and just, have such a lack of an offensive game?
3: Yeah, I, I think it's um, sort of because of where he plays on the floor. You know, he's he's a natural sort of kick-out corner guy, um, except he, he can't sort of hit those shots. And, you know, I think people, you know, they look at last night and obviously was not his best performance, but uh, on a percentage basis, he's he's still the guy who was the best three-point percentage on the team this season. You know, he's made seven, and uh, R.J. Davis has taken more than double the number of temps uh, that Leaky has and he's only made 4 more threes so you know, last night was obviously a tough showing, but that, that's not his game. You know I do think the one area where Leaky could be taking uh, or, or making more of an impact that he's not right now is in terms of moving the ball. I mean for a number of years now, I've had uh, teams who have you know, come up to me in the preseason and the offseason and they've said, hey, you know, we think that Leaky Black could potentially be like a point guard at the next level, even though he doesn't shoot, but what he brings as a defender, what he brings as a connector, um, I've got a pretty good stat here for you guys. So far, through four seasons, Leaky's first four seasons at North Carolina, he never, not in a single season, had an assist rate below 14.2%. Right now, his assist rate, 5.9. Less than half of what his worst uh, assist rate was previously, and that was when he was a sophomore in the 2021 season. So that, I think, is the area where he really needs to step up. He needs to be a connective tissue if he's not going to be the guy putting the ball in the basket. And Right now, with him doing neither, Uh, you're basically playing four-on-five offense, which is impossible at the level North Carolina needs to win
1: it. It's Brendan Marks of The Athletic joining us here on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. You know, Brendan, I also look at Armando Baycott, and he's playing really hard, and you talked about some of the issues that even he's experiencing, being one of those big three players for North Carolina. Does he have a full bill of health right now? I know he's been banged up. He was even banged up in the championship game just last year. Where is he at as far as his health percentage right now?
3: Yeah, he's definitely not healthy. Um, I do you know, quite frankly, he, he doesn't look like he's really been fully healthy, you know, since the start of the season. And obviously, you know, he and Huber Davis would not have been, he wouldn't have been out there at all if he wasn't able to go. Um, but there's a difference between you know being being injured and being hurt, and, and you know, especially after uh, the shoulder, it looked like an injury that he suffered against Indiana. Um, he tweaked his ankle uh, against Alabama when they were out in Portland. You know, those are obviously impacting him right now. And the result that you see is a guy who's just really far off of his current rate. He's posting the lowest defensive rebounding rate of his career right now. And um, it's not even really close. He's never been outside of the top 150 nationally, even when he was a freshman. And right now, he's, he's barely cracking 275. So uh, it just hasn't been there for him. I think some of it is schematic. North Carolina's playing him in less drop coverage, uh, which, you know, naturally is going to pull him a little further away from the basket if they're asking him to switch. And when they do that, they're, they're just sort of taking him out of his natural rebounding position. But, yeah, at the same time, you've got a guy who's got a bum ankle, he's got a bum shoulder, and, oh, let's not forget, he's playing 80% of the minutes. He's playing more than 30 minutes a game. You know, North Carolina obviously doesn't have a ton of front-court depth. It's it's basically just him and Pete Nance at this point until Jalen Washington gets healthy. Uh, but But you can't play a guy who's not fully healthy that much and expect him to be that effective. I mean, something has to give, and so... You know, I don't know if that means you you shut Armando Bacot down for a game or two and try and let him get healthy. I don't know if you, you know, try and steal some extra rest time while UNC is taking finals and over the the holiday break. Um, but clearly, he is not 100% right now, and until he gets back to playing at that rate, you know, he he really is the garbage man for North Carolina and makes the rest of the offense go without him. You know, they're they're not going to be anywhere close to their ceiling.
2: Brendan, we talked about their assist numbers, and last night they had five. Uh, against 10 turnovers and just the guard play, them having three assists between uh, R.J. Davis and uh, Caleb Love. Do you feel like that these guys are just kind of a little bit of the hangover of all of the hype from preseason and coming in just, you know, thinking they're stars when that reputation is not quite earned yet and there's maybe like a sense of entitlement creeping in with this team?
3: I I would have said so maybe a little bit earlier in the season, but like look, these guys have lost three games now, you know, they don't have a good win on their resume and you know, they have let winnable games against Iowa state and Alabama slip away. They got absolutely punk last night. They're lucky that it was only, you know, a 12 point deficit, that that could have been a 20 point loss yesterday. So I don't know that it's entitlement so much as like, you know, we, we look at the start of last season and there were similar issues. There were times when the ball got sticky and, you know, I think Pete Nance is still getting integrated. They're still figuring out how to use him best. Obviously Armando is not fully healthy. Um, Leaky Black hasn't been sharing and moving the ball. So those guys are, you know, you've seen a, a disproportionate amount of one high ball screen and, and pulling the trigger. Um, and that just isn't, you know, at this level, there are very few guys in the country who are good enough to to just be able to consistently win like that, if there are any at all. And um, Caleb Love and R.J. Davis are great players. But, but they are not there right now, and especially for a guy like RJ Davis, who does have some physical limitations, you have got to, you know, scheme him up and put him in spots where he can be successful. And right now, that just isn't the case. The ball is sticking. North Carolina has more turnovers than assists on the season. Um, it's just been really bad, selfish ball. And um, you know, Hubert Davis, I think, will correct it. But you know, there, there's got to be some, you know, semblance of accountability for these guys, or else. know this could be a problem that lingers you know longer than North Carolina and the fans
1: wanted to Brendan Marks covers North Carolina and Duke basketball for the athletic let's switch to some Duke basketball we did see them contribute to the ACC's overall win over the Big Ten they beat Ohio State last night 81 to 72 you heard John Shire just coming into the segment speaking a little bit about his freshman he's preaching that patience for the young guys how long do you think it will take Brendan for some of those things to come together for them and how beneficial is it the fact that maybe they can wait a little longer for them to come together and get the win while they're at it.
3: Yeah, well, well, last night was pretty clearly, I think, the best game of Derek Lively's career. And this was a guy who was the number one overall recruit coming out of high school. But, um, you know, Ken Palm is one of my favorite analytics sites. It it breaks guys down into, you know, major contributors, role players, etc. And before last night, they characterized Lively as nearly invisible, um, which I thought was you know a little harsh, but but kind of fair. I mean, he hadn't really done much. Uh, had a you know a career high of five points to then um, hadn't finished a basket that wasn't a dunk. Had you know nine dunks or ten dunks going into the game. hadn't had a single layup. hadn't had a single jump shot. And, Last night we finally got to see a little bit more of his offensive game. You can see the chemistry is building. You know he he's learning how to roll. You know he was primarily a pick and pop guy in high school. Uh, with his athleticism, Duke is trying to sort of reprogram him and make him a roll man so that they can hit him over the top and lob, so they can throw alley oops to him because there aren't a lot of seven foot one, two hundred and thirty pounders who are as bouncy as he is. So you saw some of that last night, and we will continue to. But it, it's going to be a work in progress, just like John said, especially for Deric Whitehead. I mean. Um, he, he broke his foot, was out for three months. I, I had a broken foot once. Uh, you know, I, I certainly didn't have the athletic expectations <laughs> or talent that Tariq does. Um, but it took me a couple of months till I felt fully healthy. So I, I think patience is still sort of the, the name of the game right now. And in the interim. You're seeing some other guys step up for Duke, and, and that can pay dividends
1: in the long run. No, and once you were healthy, uh, you were out there doing 360 dunks, and it's all going to be just fine for some of <laughs> these guys that dude get injured here. Uh, I, I, Sometimes we want to compare different teams in different eras, right? Like when we look at this Duke team, it's certainly really talented. What Filipowski is doing right now is really impressive. Where does this team compare talent-wise, Brendan, to an R.G. Barrett-Zion Williamson team, which was crazy talented, to even last year, we had Palabon-Caro, you had Wendell Moore, kind of the older guy on that team, even Mark Williams. Where, where does it rank on the hierarchy of talented Duke basketball teams?
3: Yeah, I, I don't think that it has the same top-end talent. I think this is going to be a team that's more some of its parts. I think this is clearly the deepest team that Duke has had in a while, though. Um, you know, John Shire's basically rolling with a nine-man rotation. And and that's what Derrick White Whitehead not playing major minutes. So, um, you know, that's the thing is is they may not have this one transcendent superstar. They don't have a Zion. They don't have a Paolo, a guy who you can just give him the ball, get everybody else out of the way and say, go. Um, although Filipowski is, you know, maybe the closest thing they have to that. But what they do have is nine guys who when you can mix and match them and put them together. And depending on the opponent – you can put out the type of lineup that you need, and and I think specifically you look in their front court, the depth that they have in the front court is is comparable to last year. Um, when you're talking about three guys in Kyle Filipowski, Derek Lively, and Ryan Young, um, that that is probably as good a big man rotation as you're going to see in the country. Like there is different skill sets there. There there are defensive and offensive threats. Lively obviously is a rim protector. Ryan Young, you know it is wild because he looks like he should be you know a lawyer in South End right now. Um but he he's the fourth best offensive rebounder in the country right now. He's he's grabbing twenty percent of the available offensive rebounds. He's he's better than Armando Baycott at that right now. So um obviously he's doing that. Filipowski, what you know, he's Euro stepping as a seven footer, it doesn't make any sense to me. Um but that that I think is the difference. Is this team may not have, you know, guys one through three who can compete with the Zion team or the Paolo teams. But what they do have is they have the talent at one through nine that can compete and maybe even surpass those teams. And um, in the long run, with injuries, with guys coming and going and hitting walls, uh, I think that's going to be really important in the long run.
2: Brendan, when you talk about Filipowski and the numbers that he's putting up right now, he looks to be the alpha of that team when you talk about bringing the fire and this brings some of that leadership on the court. What do you feel like that his ceiling is? Is he going to be a guy that's going to compete for ACC player of the year? Will he continue to get better as the season goes along?
3: Yeah, I, I think, you know, at this point, it's hard to say that he's not going to be in the running race player of the year. I mean, Ken Palm has him in his top 10 list for, for national player of the year. And I don't know that he's quite that proficient, and, and especially as Lively and Whitehead become more involved. I don't know that he's going to see, you know, quite the same usage rate. Um, you know, right now, the percentage of shots he's taking, the per- percentage of the possessions that he's taking are, you know, clearly tops on the team. But but Whitehead, even in limited minutes, is starting to a- starting to take over some of those. Um, but, yeah, he's, he's only going to continue to get better. And, look, we, we've seen him get better just over the first nine games of the season. You know, I remember watching Duke in their home opener, and, uh, you know, I think it was against Jacksonville. And, you know, he's going up for rebounds, and, and he's not coming down with them. You know, he was a little bumbly. He was uh, not showing tough hands, wasn't actually coming down with it. And now, you know, both of his rebounding rates are top 175 national. So he's really improved in that category. And um, it's just going to be continued growth from him. I I think, you know, the one area that you would like to see him sort of take a stride in next is he can be a little reckless and and develop a little bit of tunnel vision going to the basket sometimes. And especially as Duke, you know, like I said, integrates guys like Whitehead, integrates guys like Tyrese Proctor, um, you know, maybe even some other shooters, Jacob Grandison, get them going a little bit. When he's driving in there, defenses are going to collapse. He's going to have those kickout options. Him being able to hit those, is sort of the next evolution of Duke's offense in my eye.
1: Follow him on Twitter, at Brendan R. uh, Marks does an excellent job covering Duke and North Carolina basketball for The Athletic. Brendan, thanks for hopping on, and I'm sorry for reminding you of the whole Providence Friar thing.
3: No, it's okay. I'm going to go change my pants now, but I appreciate
1: you guys. <laughs> you and me both, buddy. Yeah, we're the same in that area. That's Brendan Marks talking some ACC college hoops. One victory last night, Duke beating Ohio State in their ranked matchup. North Carolina, not so much. Their third loss in a row, a four-overtime loss to Alabama. It all started with the Iowa State loss, and now the third one coming to indiana who looks like a awesome basketball team this year trace jackson davis was very good good. mike woodson has them boys playing up in bloomington so it was really impressive to watch them and what they were able to accomplish against this north carolina team we'll go to the second fitty flash of the day what you got for us fitty
0: all right guys we're going to keep it on the hardwood but we're going to transition to the association as two guys had monster games Last night. The first guy we'll mention is Jason Tatum. He's dropped 49 and 11 in front of the Royal family as the Celtics beat the Miami Heat 134 to 121 last night. And then out west, um, Devin Booker scored 51 points as the Suns routed the Chicago Bulls. It appears right now that those two guys are the leading favorites to be the MVP. Walker, if you had to pick between Tatum or Devin Booker for MVP so far, who would you give it to as we are now into December?
1: I think Jason Tatum is a better defender. I think the Boston Celtics look better right now as a basketball team. They're 18-4, and four, as you mentioned, the Phoenix Suns. They're 15-6 and six right now. The Celtics also have a higher point differential. If you look at the opponent's point per game, the Phoenix Suns actually doing a better job team defensively wise i just think jason tatum is actually a big part of what they do on that end of the floor more so than what devin booker is doing both are fantastic i give my nod to jason tatum at the quarter point of the season
2: uh i am going to go with him as well i agree with you he's just been making play after play making it look easy you can see the improvements in his game. Boston looks to be uh, on a mission right now, and he is the catalyst of that. He's been playing sensational basketball, so I would go with Tatum as well. All right,
1: so the power rankings, we might have resurrected the quarterback power rankings after Wes said Riley Leonard was number one and Drake May was number two yesterday. So we'll see. We're still going to talk about it. (laughs) Wes is defiant right now, but we're going to talk about it later on. It is not the end of fire or fizzle. You can never end fire or fizzle. It's coming up next, Sports Radio 92.7. WFNZ. Big thanks to Brendan Marks for joining us talking about Carolina's loss but also Duke's win over Ohio State last night. Still have some college athletics to discuss, but this time on the football side of things, we will be giving out some tickets a little bit later on, too. We're going to be doing that in the 2 o'clock hour. Don't know if it will be at the end of the first segment or the second segment, so stay tuned because we do have... Two more ACC championship tickets to give away. It'll be the same number as the text line, 704-570-9610. We're not giving them away now, but just so you have an idea so you can be quick with the dial, just so you can do that later on, that will be the number. But you can text in, again, on that same number. That's the Garage Door Guru text line, 704 704- 570-9610. I didn't realize that our very own Colin Hoggard would be texting in every once in a while with some of the the show content that we'd bring to the airwaves. But he also had a great picture of who is the main character in the minions movies. Do you guys know who it is? Who the, the minions movie is it Gru? No, Gru is the old guy who makes the Minions. But this is him. This is the young Gru right here in this picture, I believe. Because the whole billionaire Fiddy, he said that it would be Gru and then the Marlowe Militia would be all the minions around Gru that is Fiddy Billionaire. Do you I, like this picture or do you think it is a little disparaging?
0: I I just feel like the members that are the Marlowe Militia, mm-hmm. Stanford P, Moose, NASCAR, Brad, to be compared <laughs> to minions is just very disrespectful.
1: It's true. So minions all, are cool, though. People love them.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah,
1: sometimes I wish I was a minion. Yeah, well, you can be. I I kind of view you that way. Minion Marlowe. we can definitely call you that. Um, And I know you're a big old fan of Fire Fizzle, though, as a minion. And we do not have the minion here being Wes. He's too big. The, pa- the content is too powerful that's what we're going to go to right now play the fireman i don't want to hold off any longer this is a hodgepodge right we have a few things that we're throwing in there's not any overarching theme of the day for fire f- or fizzle we just have a few things that we've seen throughout the sports world in the last couple of weeks that we're going to put in here so with that being said we got to talk about this brian uh robinson big hat company So Brian Robinson, after the game that Washington played this past weekend, was in the locker room wearing what was just a huge baseball cap. And then he said he was supporting his friend's business that owns a big cap business. And then everybody else started kind of wearing them. You start – I think I saw Scott Van Pelt was wearing one. It was going out there. So, Wes, I'll ask you this. Is it fire enough for you to go ahead and get one of those big hats or is it way too fizzle and you never wear one?
2: Let me see. Um – doesn't the Nebraska Cornhuskers mascot wear a hat? I think, I think it I, does. I, I, think I think that's right. I ones yeah. like the inflatable one or something like that. Okay, so you're talking to a swag lord. You're asking me, would I wear one of those hats? <laughs> to answer your question quickly, it would be straight fizzle, they're trash. You Get them out of them here. Never would I ever wear something so stupid looking.
1: They, they're they absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I, I love them, and I also I, they can't be a real fashion statement. Like you can't try to floss that. You can go and be hilarious wearing that's it. That's prank Halloween I mean that's stuff like that. <laughs> But it's he was rocking it though. He was just telling you, Yeah, this is yeah, this is my buddy's big hat company and I'm just gonna wear it. I feel like Fiddy, is that something billionaire Fiddy would wear or is that something that's also fizzle to him?
0: Yeah, no, that's that that's straight. That's straight fizzle. I would expect nothing less from a member of the Washington Commanders organization.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) From Brian Robinson wearing (laughs) that. I thought it was hilarious, but it's fizzle according to Wes and even Fitty Speaking of the Commanders organization, let's go right back there. I think we're going to get another fizzle, but I do want to leave it up to the authority that is Wes Bryant. The Sean Taylor Memorial, one of the better safeties we've ever seen, gone way too soon, Washington, I believe in a second attempt trying to memorialize Sean Taylor, came out with whatever that was. It looks like a Dick's Sporting Goods mannequin with some Washington Commander's gear on it. Anyways, you know what I feel about it, but this is your segment, Wes. Was that memorial fire or fizzle? Let
2: me see. Sean Taylor was one of my favorite players when he was at Miami. The on-field swag was just nasty the way he wore his uniform. You get to the Redskins, off to a legendary career, and this is how they repay you with this Mannequin that is not even a full mannequin, it looks like a skeleton of one. And for that, it is straight, (laughs) it's straight fizzle. And I'm gonna yell because you deserve to be yelled at. That man is a legend, all time great player. And this is what you do for those stupid high-ups that came up with that trash mannequin for such a great player. You kidding me? So, the only redeeming part of that
1: that people have been knocking against, it's the soccer cleats, which were confirmed by Taylor's daughter Jackie that he would actually pick out soccer cleats to wear during football games and she liked that and got emotional when seeing it, which is cool. The soccer cleats fine, that is actually something that you got right with this. But why are we putting what was it this wired mannequin That's what Man, like just a skeleton drip, of a mannequin. I just don't get the body type that you're putting there. What It does. It, it, actually, a mannequin might have been better, to be right. honest with you, instead of what the wire is right. that allows you to just. It's
2: almost like putting a whole bunch of hangers together and saying, here's Sean yeah, Taylor, mannequin's but we got the like cleats the, right. Yeah, mannequins like the one in the Jeffrey Dahmer thing. Oh, I don't know why we're going there.
0: <laughs> I was just going to suggest that maybe Dan Snyder stole it when he was over in France, you know, evading our, our government. Uh-huh. Just brought it back and was like... Here we go, guys. Let's just dress
1: him up and say, here's our Sean Taylor statue. It, it it was so halfway
2: done. I mean, not even. I don't. I mean, and I have a big unveiling for it. I want to be in that meeting. Who looked at that and said, this looks good. Let's have a large unveiling yeah. and let hundreds of people who adore this man see this. You get another yell for that. It's
1: something we bonded as a show with Kyle Bailey over during, I think it was before we were about to hop on yes. in the fishbowl when we were talking about, no, And Kyle said this on his show quite a bit please do not get fooled with the fact that these people do make it high up in organizations. There are still plenty, plenty of stupid people that make it up that high in organizations. So shoot for the stars, everyone, because plenty of stupid people are successful. You ain't lying about that. There's, there's plenty of them. Alright, now I know Fitty was really angry about this on Twitter just last night. We're going to we're going to hold our own ACC player draft a little bit later in the show too, but Fitty was mad at Jay Billis' all-time ACC team in honor of the last ACC Big Ten Challenge. Jay Billis, for his all-time ACC lineup, chose Michael Jordan, David Thompson, Christian Laettner, Tim Duncan, and Ralph Sampson. Not going to try to sway you with bringing any other players to the occasion. Do you agree with Finney that it was clearly fizzle, or do you have your own opinion on it that it's actually straight Fire?
2: Let me see the legends that he has on this team. MJ, David Thompson, Leitner, Duncan, Ralph Sampson. This is a team that's hard to agree or it's hard to not agree with. So I'm going to go straight. Fire. It's plenty of legends here. Who are you taking off?
1: <laughs> that's your question, Fitty. We're going to get to it a little bit later, and then you can judge who has the better draft. We did this with Thanksgiving food. Colin rolled his eyes at me when I drafted roles, but then was sadly mistaken come Thanksgiving when he did not have roles. Is he going to be upset with me, including Tyler Hansbrough, possibly? Like, what, what would you say would be the uh, player you take out for Tyler Hansborough?
0: You're taking off Tim Duncan, or T- Tim Duncan because dude, Ralph Sampson having the three-time National Player of the Year is too hard to take off. Mm-hmm. But by God, when you're seven-four, you should be dominating dude, <laughs> out there. It's really hard, though, because like you don't have no limb bias, mm-hmm. no Phil Ford. These are guys that are the integral part of ACC basketball. I just... Hansborough is a four-time All-American, four-time All-ACC, the conference's all-time leading scorer, won a national championship. What did he not do?
1: Yeah, it's out, it's it's tough to leave Hansborough off, but you are talking about Tim Duncan, who is also amazing at Wake Forest. We'll get to that a little bit later on, too. We have plenty more to get to. Just one more hour to go on the and Walker Show before we hand it off to Kyle Bailey. He'll be there with you from 3 to 6 alongside Smoke Ludwig, but until then, Weston Walker has you on Sports Radio 92.7. WFNS